Our Chicago Blackhawks are finally back in action here this evening as they have a matchup with the Lightning down in Tampa. I'll go over a preview of the matchup as well as what it will take for the Hawks to come away with the win. And I'll also discuss a second player filing a lawsuit against the organization stemming from the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2, or you could check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also just a quick reminder here to please go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button down below. Go and comment as well as to your final prediction for tonight's matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And of course, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's only going to take a quick click of the button and it won't cost you anything. It's 100% free, which is crazy in today's world, right? And it really does go a long way for your boy. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode's uploaded each and every day. In today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks, I gotta let you all know, is sponsored by the Sleeper app, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. And right now, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps with Sleeper. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Thank you, as always, for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And our Blackhawks play the Lightning tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time down in Tampa. Another tough road matchup here for the Blackhawks. And you can catch all the action of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the XM app. Just search Blackhawks. Yes, our Chicago Blackhawks are finally back in action here this evening, folks. They've, of course, been off since their weekend back-to-back in which they split those two games against the Florida Panthers and the New Jersey Devils. And by the way, I did have a recap. I tried to drop a recap of those two episodes along with the Mailbag Monday earlier on in the week. And for whatever reasons, both uh, YouTube and Megaphone have been kind of having issues uploading that episode. I don't know if the audio quality or or what happened wasn't good enough, but I'm still trying to figure out the details on that. I don't know if people would still be wanting to tune into that show considering, you know, this happened a couple of days ago now, but really keeping my fingers crossed uh, that that's not going to happen with today's episode either because, yeah, it feels like uh, the schedule for the Blackhawks recently has been just very odd. Because this game against Tampa Bay is their only game during the week. And then last week, their lone game during the week was on Monday against the Arizona Coyotes. Then they had five consecutive days off before their weekend back-to-back. Their next game after this is going to come on Sunday at noon against the Florida Panthers, which I know a lot of folks tuning into this show and a lot of people who like watching the Blackhawks are also big football fans. So that's 
going to be a, a conflict of interest there. And then they don't play again until uh, next Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning once again. So just kind of a weird and wonky schedule for the Blackhawks, probably as a result of throwing them through the gauntlet in the early going where they had, you know, not only matchups constantly against best teams in the NHL, but, you know, they started the season with a back-to-back, a long road trip. They were kind of jamming in as many games in that early window to maximize the marketing on Connor Bedard. And it feels like that's really messed with the Blackhawks schedule here in the last couple of weeks. For me in particular, it's just been a little bit wonky and kind of hard to really like dive in full headfirst as a Blackhawks fan because their games have just been so shoddy. But nice to see them back in action here tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who actually got off to a a little bit of a brutal start of their own to this season as they won just two of their first six games, but have since started to find their form a little bit. They're four one and two over their last seven matchups. And that has them sitting at six, three and four through their first 13 games of the regular season. While the Blackhawks, of course, are four, seven and oh, following the win against the Florida Panthers last Saturday. And then the sad four to two loss to the Devils on Sunday, which was certainly uh, a subpar effort from the Hawks, comparatively at least to what we saw on Saturday night. But we know what this Tampa Bay Lightning team is capable of. But the biggest thing, probably the biggest storyline about them here in the early going, other than their shaky start, is that they're having to do it without all-world goaltender Andre Vasilevsky, who underwent back surgery just prior to the start of the regular season. And looking at the depth chart for the Bolts, they let Brian Elliott walk last year. And now that kind of had them in a little bit of a weird bucket in goal to kick things off here this year. And so far, we've seen Jonas Johansson and former Blackhawks legend Matt Tompkins be the two guys that have uh, been steering the ship in goal for them. And it's been a little bit of a shaky start, and that is the one area of weakness that is pretty clear-cut with this Tampa Bay Lightning team. Because you go and look at the rest of their statistics and just go and look at their roster, you know they have a lot of talent. The 6-3-4 and four record, don't let it fool you that they've dropped seven of their first 13 games. This is still an offense and a team that has had a lot of success together and can put up big numbers and go on a run in a hurry. And um, offensively, they've still been doing their thing. They rank, uh, where do I have these stats here? Yes, third in power play percentage this season. They're also six on the penalty kill and fourth in goals per game. So yeah, still a lot of reasons to be high about their offense. And the penalty kill has been pretty good as well. But their area of weakness, make no mistake about it, Blackhawks fans, is in that the Lightning rank 25th in the NHL in goals per game. The Blackhawks are actually ahead of them, ranking 23rd in the NHL. Both Johansson and uh, Matt Tompkins. Shout out Matt Tompkins, by the way, for keeping on the grind and finding way, finding a way to get uh kind of get some NHL action here in his career because I wasn't so sure that was going to happen after he was buried a little bit in the Blackhawks organization. But both he and Johansson have goals against averages over three, and Tompkins has a save percentage below 900, while Johansson's is .907. So clearly that's been kind of the chink in the armor, if you will, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think that's too surprising. I think everyone kind of anticipated that to be a weakness for this team when the news broke about Andre Vasilevsky. But the Blackhawks got to find a way to take advantage of that shaky goaltending tonight because that's the one area where you know 
you can find some success if you're getting opportunities. These two guys just aren't NHL starters. And go and look at their track records throughout the last couple of years. They've barely played NHL games in general. So, and in comparison to the rest of the roster, I mean, a lot of star power on this Bolts team. They have five players who are over point per game guys right now in Braden Point, Brandon Hagel, Blackhawks legend as well. Uh, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, the big dogs are doing their thing for Tampa Bay early. And then they have a great supporting cast as well. And players like Tanner Janot, uh, Nick Paul, Anthony Sorelli. Uh, they added Connor Sheary this offseason. Michael Asamont is off to a great start with four goals here in the early going. And then on the back end, they have Mikhail Sergachev as well. Eric Chernak, shout out to another Blackhawks legend and Calvin DeHaan, who's played in all 13 games for Tampa Bay in the early going as well. So yeah, they still have a remarkably deep roster. And if the Blackhawks don't come with a complete, consistent 60-minute fight here this evening, they could be in for a long night down at Amelie Arena. And that's kind of a venue that has not treated them all that well since the 2015 Stanley Cup final. It seems like every time the Blackhawks make a trip down to Tampa, and I remember this especially because your boy's birthday, the last two years, back-to-back years, March 11th, who have the Blackhawks played? Ah, yes, they've been on the road down in Tampa Bay. So I know about their struggles in Amelie Arena that has not been a a building that's treated them great. Again, if they come with anything less than a complete 60-minute effort, you could be looking for, could be looking at a long night for this Blackhawks team against a Tampa Bay Lightning squad that's still capable of high octane outbursts, even though they have a six three and four record through their opening thirteen games of the season. All right, I'll be getting into the Blackhawks projected lineup here in just a moment for tonight's matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But first, real quick, I got to go and pay the bills. The NHL season is finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme once again? Because it's sure looking that way. I believe their only loss at this point still is to our Chicago Blackhawks in overtime. I love the NHL. I love hockey. And I know all of you do out there as well. And that's why I'm here to talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is the uh, go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey because with sleeper you have the chance to win a hundred times your cash on daily fantasy sports and the NHL has literally never been more exciting and littered with as much talent as they have right now with superstars like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, obviously Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are still around and we got our baby boy Connor Bedard right here in Chicago and all you need to do is simply select more or less based on the stats provided by sleepers such as goals assists points saves and more and again sleeper offers you the chance to win a hundred times your cash on payouts so start paying attention make the right picks and you could win big Entries can be made in under 30 seconds, and Sleeper is live right now in 28-plus states. And you can also go and use the promo code listed below. That's NHL in all caps, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use for more details. I also got to quickly talk to you about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and to level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, 
eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. Plus, with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you will get your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and to bring home that win. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. All right, segment two, let's talk about what we could see out of the Blackhawks lineup here this evening based on what we've seen the last couple of days at Blackhawks practice. And it feels like there have been a lot of practice here, practices here recently with the amount of space this team has had in between their games. But quite honestly, that might not be the worst thing for this bunch that has really been struggling with consistency through the early part of this year. I think that's pretty much been the most blatant flaw that the Blackhawks have had is, yeah, they look good at times. They look terrible at times. It's about finding that in between and trying to eliminate this roller coaster ride as much as possible. Now, that's not going to be completely thrown out the window. They're not going to be able to get rid of it completely. But if they could kind of sure that up and at least try to cut down on the amount of up and downs that not only go through the course of the season, but night in and night out, it feels like there just hasn't really been a pinpoint where we can nail down what this Blackhawks team is because we've kind of been getting different performances seemingly every single game. But for tonight's matchup with the Lightning, I think it is pretty clear cut as to what we're going to see with the Blackhawks lineup. Up top, Nick Foligno, Connor Bedard, Philip Kurashev. Uh, that trio has had some flashes together. I still personally think Taylor Hall should be up there with Felino and Bedard, but it does sound like Luke Richardson kind of feels the same way and has said to the media that there will be times in games where he's going to mix it up a little bit and Taylor Hall will be getting those looks on the top line. But I do think it's only a matter of time before he ultimately retakes that spot. And I only think it makes sense with the skill that he has. And he's coming off a really strong weekend where he returned to the Blackhawks lineup from injury and scored in both of those two games. I think it's just a matter of time before Taylor Hall retains that permanent spot alongside Connor Bedard on the top line. But it does seem like Khrushchev is going to at least start there for tonight's matchup. Lucas Reichel, Andreas Athanasiu, Taylor Radish figure to remain as the Blackhawks' second line. Lucas Reichel finally got on the board Saturday, his 10th game of the year. It was a secondary assist, but we'll take him however he can get him. But he also did have a lot of good flashes and Man, it just it just really seems like the wing, for whatever reason, I don't know. We don't have a big enough sample size here this season. But what we saw on Saturday, the elusiveness and the ability to make plays in transition. Yes, we had seen that from time to time while he was playing center. But for how quickly it kind of seemed like he was making, how, how quickly he provided that spark on the wing, I think it's clear that he's got to stay there for the time being right here, right now. And I also love to see him with Andreas Athanasiu, who does still need to, I think, take his own game to the next level to kind of ensure his spot in the Blackhawks lineup because we've seen Luke Richardson scratch him already. And there just quite honestly isn't a lot of other guys in the lineup that can be scratched. I mean, I think Jason Dickinson could be one of those guys. 
maybe Mackenzie Entwistle or Ryan Donato, but the rest of them, you probably want to leave them alone in the lineup and have them playing on a nightly basis. Athanasiu has to make his presence felt in order to kind of solidify that spot. I thought he had a really good game on Saturday as well. Let's see if they can keep that going here tonight against the Bolts. The third line is where we've seen Taylor Hall play since he made his return, and I kind of uh, critiqued that trio, and maybe I'm just not giving Jason Dickinson enough credit because when he was up on the second line with uh, Radish and, and Reichel, I was just like, that just doesn't seem like a good spot for Jason Dickinson. And then he goes down on the third line, and I still don't know if I like him in that spot, um, mostly because Taylor Hall is there. I, I just I think Taylor Hall is one of those guys that should be playing with the best offensive playmakers on the team. But this trio played really well over the weekend for the Blackhawks and probably deserves some more time here together, Hall Dickinson and Tyler Johnson do. Uh, in the bottom six, anytime the bottom six can, especially with the struggles of Lucas Reichel in the early going, it feels like every time the bottom six can give the Blackhawks something to work with, that just greatens their chance of coming away with a victory because this is still a offensively challenged young Blackhawks squad. So the bottom six being able to chip in has been a big part for the Blackhawks this year. Hopefully Hall Dickinson and uh, Johnson can continue where they left off over the weekend. And then the fourth line from what we've seen in practice has been Ryan Donato, Mackenzie Whistle, and Corey Perry. And Donato, I think with just the way that he keeps performing, he had a point in both of the games over the weekend as well. You got to keep him in the lineup. He just keeps going to the net with a mission on his mind and it's been paying off for the kids. So great to see Donato start off to a, a really solid start to his Blackhawks tenure. You can't take him out of the lineup. Corey Perry is tied with Connor Bedard as the Blackhawks leading scorer, despite strictly playing in a bottom six role. Yeah, he's been getting some time on the power play, but we know the Blackhawks man advantage hasn't done all that much. So it's even more impressive when you consider what Corey Perry has been able to do. Uh, you can't take him out of the lineup. So that's kind of what I mean when you think about the amount of players that can be scratched in this Blackhawks forward group. Um, and it does feel like it's kind of unfortunate for Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson, more so for Kachuk, who I, I do think should be getting action, but it's a matter of where do you put him? And then for Reese Johnson, he, he's just kind of felt like he's going to be the 13th or 14th forward regardless this season. Those two remained as the extras. Colin Blackwell was skating uh, during practice the last couple of days. Still no word as to when his return could be happening, but that's just another forward thrown into the mix here that's going to add to this log jam. Certainly something to keep an eye on and does feel like maybe Reese Johnson or someone is going to be having to go back to Rockford whenever Blackwell is able to return to the lineup. On defense, we know Alex Vlasic returned in Sunday's game against the New Jersey Devils, which is awesome because he's just been so dynamite so far this year. He has returned back on the Blackhawks top pairing alongside Seth Jones, right where he belongs, I think. That means Kevin Korchinski has jumped down to the second pairing along with Connor Murphy. Those two were basically glued together whenever uh, Vlasic was healthy prior to suffering that injury. Then the third pairing looks like Wyatt Kaiser is going to be in there. Still not sure as to whether it's going to be Jared Tenorti or Nikita Zaitsev on the right side. Both of them had pretty good weekends. Jared Tenorti wound up getting, <clears throat> excuse me, Tenorti wound up getting healthy scratched on Sunday against the Devils, but he had a really good game prior to that on Saturday against the Panthers, led the Blackhawks with three hits and or led the Blackhawks with eight block shots, I should say. And Luke Richardson said he, 
you know, it, it wasn't about Tenorti's play that got him out of the lineup. No, it was just they ultimately had to make a decision with Vlasic coming in. Tenorti wound up being the odd man out. Because of that, I would probably lean towards him getting in there tonight over Zaitsev. But don't get me wrong, the pylon man, Nikita Zaitsev, had a pretty good weekend as well. So it wouldn't be stunning to see him in the Blackhawks lineup either. But I do think that's the lone question that Luke Richardson has to answer before tonight's game. And then I think it only makes sense to give Peter Morazic the start here in net tonight. It's, you know, a, a lightning offense that has a lot of firepower to it. Yeah, Arvid Soderbloom probably could handle it, but with a couple of days off until their next start and a couple of days off since his last start, Peter Morazic getting the start in that today, on, I, tonight, I should say, I think only makes sense for the Blackhawks. As far as my three keys to victory, what will it take for the Blackhawks to march on down to Tampa and come away with a W here, a place that has not treated them very well recently, as I talked about in the first segment? My number one key to victory tonight, is something that, yes, is easier said than done, but is so crucial for the Blackhawks, and that's to not let the Hagel, Point, and Kucherov combo dominate for the Lightning. That's been the top line for the Bolts to kick off this season, was the top line for them last year, uh, and that's been a really good spot for Brandon Hagel ever since they acquired him, and he's been thriving in that role. And I know this, again, is something easier said than done. Kucherov has been absolutely cooking recently. He's got 11 points in his last five games. Braden Point has seven in his last five. Hagel has six. Uh, I figure Cooch in this trio is probably going to get at least one, but if you can hold them to that and not let them kind of uh, let let them build off of that and let this spiral into a massive night for that top line. I think that's going to help the Blackhawks stay in the game because if they let the top line go out there and dominate and have two three-point games, it's really going to be hard for this Hawks offense to keep up. So that's my number one key to victory is don't let the Hagel point Kucherov absolutely Kucherov line, excuse me, have an absolute field day out there. My second key to victory is to take advantage of the shaky Tampa Bay goaltenders. This is their one like clear cut weakness that they have. And it feels like it's been pretty vulnerable so far here in the early going, because despite having the third best power play, uh, the fifth best offense in the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning have more losses than they have wins this season. So that's the clear-cut weakness. Neither Johansson nor Tompkins have been spectacular. I figure that it's going to be Johansson in there tonight since they had a couple of nights off, and uh, Tompkins was the one who got the start on Tuesday. Um, but make those guys earn the victory. I think that's just the biggest thing I'm trying to get to here. Don't let it be one of those games where the Lightning can – go and cruise to a 5-1 win where their goaltender faces 19 or 20 shots on that. No, go out there and make that goaltender earn that victory. Don't be afraid to shoot the puck. Getting pucks on that will be a good thing here tonight. And I think the more that they make those goaltenders work, the more likely that they're going to be right there and find themselves contending uh, until the final whistle. And then my third key is to get the mom's trip started the right way. The mom's trip is starting up here uh, as the Blackhawks head on down to Florida. Go out there, boys, and work hard for your mothers. We know it's going to take a full 60 minutes to go into Tampa and to beat the Bolts here tonight. They've been playing some better hockey over the last couple of weeks. The inconsistency has killed this Blackhawks team. Don't let that happen here tonight in Tampa. The moms are on the road. It's how we start off the moms trip. Let's start it off with a, a nice, nice, hard-fought 
battle through the entirety of regulation, a full 60-minute effort for the Blackhawks tonight. Do it for your mother. That's my third key to victory tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks. And there are my final thoughts ahead of tonight's meeting in Amelie Arena. Coming up here in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, a quick trigger warning. I do want to let you all know that I will be discussing a second player filing a lawsuit against the Blackhawks organization stemming from the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 if your team wins outright. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time to get in on the action right now because football season is underway and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. All you have to do is pick any team to win on the money line with a $5 bet if you're a new customer and you'll get $150 in bonus bets for the victory. And you can use these bonuses to bet on everything from the spreads to player props to over-unders and much, much more, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, FanDuel pays you out instantly. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. All that good stuff really does help drive the YouTube and Google SEO and algorithm in my direction, which helps me get paid, which I always greatly appreciate. So make sure to go take care of all of that real quick. And also make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. Lot of lots of good stuff has been posted there as of late. And quietly, the giveaway is finally happening. I've been worrying through the nitty-gritty. I can't speak on it much more here on the show. Go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. Follow the account. You'll find more about what I just talked about there. And you'll also get some other cool Blackhawks-related clips and content. All right, segment three. Certainly not. The most fun topic of conversation here to wrap up today's show, and I know a lot of people don't really care to hear about this anymore, but I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I didn't talk about it. And of course, what I'm referring to is a second player, also known as Black Ace One from the Kyle Beach lawsuit, is filing a lawsuit of his own against the Chicago Blackhawks, saying that the team failed to act during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs when informed of the sexual assault and allegations against video coach, don't even like saying his name here on the show, Bradley Aldrich. Uh, And this lawsuit also claims that Aldrich, similar to Kyle Beach, groomed, harassed, threatened, and assaulted uh, John Doe, as he is called in this new lawsuit. And uh, the suit was filed in the... Cook County Circuit, the Circuit Court of Cook County last week. And that's when this news kind of came out that there is going to be a second investigation. And like I said, it's pretty similar to Kyle Beach's saying that Aldrich used uh, his job that he had and his expertise to kind of 
gain power and status over these players and to make it feel like he had control over their careers and kind of made it seem like he had them wrapped around his finger and he could do whatever he wanted to because he was a member of the Blackhawks uh, staff and just really took advantage of that, did some pretty disturbing things, physical things as well, which I'm not going to get into here on the podcast. I'll leave that all up to you. If you want to go and figure out those details, you can do so in the lawsuit that was um, brought to light by Phil Thompson of the uh Chicago Sun is Phil Thompson, the Chicago Tribune, excuse me. Ben Pope is with the Chicago Sun-Times. Phil Thompson is with the Chicago Tribune. He was really the one who broke this news. There have obviously been multiple articles since then. The Athletic did a really good job of breaking it all, excuse me, breaking it all down there as well. So if you want the finer details, you can go and check out uh, the reports on the lawsuit there, but I'm not going to get into it here on today's show because it's a little too graphic to be talking about. Um, But yeah, just kind of a tough reminder of what the Blackhawks did and how unokay it was. And I'm not going to go too harpy on this because I had multiple episodes that came out during the Kyle Beach um, lawsuit and the timing of all of that. But the one thing I do want to say is I, I think it's fitting that this lawsuit got filed. And I hate the people that are saying, oh, well, the timing of this, yada, yada, yada. There's no right time to come out with this news. This is not an easy thing, I'm sure, for the victim to talk about. And I'm sure was kind of inspired to see what Kyle Beach did and to come out. I don't know if this player is going to do the same thing and provide you know, the, the name behind John Doe. But after seeing all the courageousness of Kyle Beach, maybe that inspired him and gave him confidence to come out and file this lawsuit and to be able to talk about it. I mean, it's not something that I think people should be making fun of whatsoever. I think that's absolutely terrible, but I I did want to say, I think it is a fitting time for this to come out because we're getting towards that point in the season where you're figuring things out about NHL teams and teams that are disappointing that sometimes results in head coaches being fired, general managers being let go, front office staffs changing and A couple of names that have been brought up, not only here to start the season, but we've heard in the last year or so, potential returns of former Blackhawks head coach Joel Quenville and former general manager Stan Bowman. And there have been some rumblings in the last couple of weeks up in Edmonton with Jay Woodcroft's job on the line, potentially, and just a couple other spots. There have been some reports brought up by some NHL, uh, some people who cover the NHL, and our insiders for the NHL saying that maybe Joel Quenville is someone who could be on one of these teams' minds. I think this lawsuit coming out, and I, I don't want to say people forgot about what happened to Kyle Beach, but when time passes, just just things happen, and you know, it's just inevitable that it kind of becomes out of sight, out of mind. I think this is a really great reminder that Joel Quenville and Stan Bowman should never be allowed back in the NHL because of their inability to properly respond, react, and help a young human being who is clearly in a really messed up situation and to be preyed upon by a predator who was a member of their coaching staff, someone who was right next to them in the day-to-day operations of the Chicago Blackhawks, and to handle it the way that they did, it's absolutely inexcusable. And for that, Joel Quenville, I was a huge Joel Quenville backer, and I still think he's a great head coach. That's never going to change my mantra, but he absolutely no way should be allowed to be responsible 
for an NHL locker room ever again. I don't know what more we need to know to kind of say that time is gone. Why would anyone want to bring Joel Quenville back knowing how inept he was at handling the situation? And the same thing with Stan Bowman. These two, they're no bueno. They don't deserve to come back in the NHL. The sad part is the NHL is so messed up, they probably will let these guys come back. But that's just my two cents. I know other people are going to feel differently about that. I I just think, though, there's no way. When these details, when you really read them and comprehend what happened, in the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. I just don't know how you could feel that Joel Quenville should be given a second opportunity, man. I think it's a really good reminder that the NHL needs reef. They don't need to keep recycling these same head coaches and these same GMs. Go in a different direction. There are interesting minds out there that can do great things. Stop recycling the same old players and the same old coaches. Um, again, I'm not going to go into the details or anything of all of this, but I, I did think it was kind of fitting that when Joel Quenville is getting brought up potentially in his return as an NHL head coach, that this lawsuit comes out and kind of, at least for me, served as a reminder as to all the terrible things that this Blackhawks organization did and why it's so important that not only that they had to clean house and go with a completely new staff, but I think it's just pretty clear that those two shouldn't be let to be in charge of, of uh, other human beings ever again. That's just my two thoughts, my two cents. The Blackhawks' response to this, they've said, quote, we've changed as a result of what happened and implemented numerous positive improvements throughout our organization to ensure the safety and well-being of our players and employees. This includes completely rebuilding the leadership team with personnel who demonstrate our values and bring the right subject matter expertise in the critical areas of compliance and human resources an expansive mental health program and new reporting mechanisms and training for all employees. And I do think that's obviously really important. These are the things you need to implement from the top of the organization all the way to the bottom to make sure nothing like this happens again. But quite honestly, with the just the Blackhawks getting rid of everyone who was involved in that era and bringing in this new staff, I think it's pretty clear they know they can't allow something like this to ever happen again. And Kyle Davidson and the rest of the Blackhawks front office, I know, take that very seriously. So I think the biggest step was just for them clearing out all the bad apples that were still around. Um, But I'm sure people are are still going to be questioning and still going to be lacking confidence in this Blackhawks organization for a long, long time, and rightfully so. And that's why it's so important to implement all of these things and to make sure all the proper training is happening and the proper techniques and just making sure everyone feels comfortable and aware of what type of work environment they are striving for this to be day in and day out. So I think the Blackhawks have handled everything as best as they can since this uh, first lawsuit about Kyle Beach came out. And ever since, you know, they let go of Stan Bowman, I think they've been taking the correct and proper steps, but it will be interesting to keep up with the details that, you know, emerge along with this second lawsuit. Um, But to me, it was, again, just kind of a reminder as to why it's so important that the Blackhawks have all of these training regimens and everything set in place. And also to me, I think it's a reminder that Joel Quenville and Stan Bowman should never be allowed back in the National Hockey League.
All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2 or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's go and pick up that victory tonight at Amelie Arena, and I'll see you on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.